Hey lovelies, welcome back to Why Did I Write That? Since Diary 7, third episode. Um, in the last episode, uh, we left Eskenafels, did some traveling, went to Leuven, to Liège, uh, Niels went home. Uh, we just ended up in Berlin at this point um, and had checked into the hostel. Uh, it's now Thursday, September 10th, 2009. Checkout for Mailstall House was at 11, so we woke up at 9.45. MK had a shower while I reorganized my pack, and then we were off yet again. MK had a brochure for, from the train station for the generator hostel that gave 10% off and promised free breakfast, laundry facilities, <laughs> and in parentheses I've written MK's commando because he ran out of clean boxers, and a bar with a two-hour happy hour. The guys at Amstel House had given us a city map while quipping about how useless the train station is, so we were able to figure out how to get from there to the, oh, to how to get there from the Amstel House. Of course, it was all the way across town, but after a two and a half hour walk, we arrived at the hugest hostel I've ever seen. This is also like the fourth hostel I've ever seen, so I'm not, I'm not comparing it against much. It was huge, though. It was like a factory. Um. To be honest, it looked more like a hotel, especially with the modern decor and bar. But we managed to book a couple of beds in a dorm for €18.50 each. The room wouldn't be ready for another couple of hours, so we bought some internet time and did emails, Facebook, banking, etc. Once getting to our room, we met our roomies, a few girls from Seattle and a woman from Spain. Laundry was next on the list, as we were quickly running out of underwear. MK was commando, and I was going without a bra. We watched the laundry for a bit, found it unexciting, so we went to the picnic tables outside and smoked a joint. After that, laundry was considerably more interesting to watch, and MK began learning how to use my camera. Once I, there's actually there's a photo of me in this laundry room, just like fairly stoned, just like sitting and just watching the laundry like churn in the washing machine. Um, that is honestly a very, like, I think one of the favorite, my favorite photos of myself. It's very, very nice. Um, which I guess probably came out of MK trying to learn how to use my camera. Once the laundry was in the dryer, we decided to go back to our room since the dryer didn't even have a window. So it was no fun to just sitting in the small room for an hour and a half. Once we got back to the room, we lay down for a bit, not napping, but nearly. You could faintly hear the music from the bar below, from the PA in the hallways, and from the cars driving past. I kept imagining I heard songs that I knew, like Blue Cantrell's Hit 'em Up Style and Michael Jackson's Thriller. Could have been true. They play a lot of American music here and tons of MJ now that he's died. We went back to get our laundry, but the machine said it still had 14 minutes to go. We didn't want to wait, and it had already been in for a long time, so we figured it would be dry. Unfortunately, some things were still damp towels, some socks, and the cuffs of my sweater, but we just brought them back to our room and hung them to dry on the rungs of the bunk bed. We then went to the generator bar to catch the last half hour of happy hour, five to seven each night. MK and I each had a shot of pink absinthe that hit like a brick wall, as well as a pint of, Berlin of a Berliner Pilsner, not that good, and a half pint of Heineken. Afterwards, we decided that we should get some dinner, so we set off down Landsberger LA to find a restaurant. Unfortunately, MK was turned around. Excuse me. Um, fortunately, MK was turned around and went the opposite direction than he intended. 
I figured he just wanted to see what was in the opposite direction when we came, so I didn't say anything. So we walked for a while before he realized and we turned around. Without our packs, we're pretty much speedwalkers. So we didn't want to keep walking equally as far in the other direction away from the hostel, so we settled for a little pizzeria in the same block. I ordered a pizza and MK got a mushroom noodle dish, and we split them both. Both were meh. The pizza was bland, and the noodles tasted like a cream of mushrooms Lipton's noodle mix. Also, once we switched meals, I found a morsel that was of curious texture. I asked MK what he thought it was. He took one look at it and told me it was chicken, not listed in the description. So I picked the rest out and just ate the noodles. Also, the beers we ordered were not fantastic. Mine tasted kind of skunky, and MK's turned out to be bright green, faux green apple, and sweet. So we headed to a convenience store and bought a couple of beers there. We drank one each with the girls from our room, and then went dancing. Oh, and then they went dancing, and we went to bed. September 11th. Trying to fit two people in one of those not-quite-single-sized beds is a bad idea. I don't think MK or I slept very well. We decided not to stay another night in Berlin, despite the fact that there was a toga party and half-priced Sambuca shots at the generator bar. The plan was to drop our bags at the train station, and then take the free walking tour of Berlin beginning at 2. Unfortunately, the only two trains going to Warsaw were at 12.30 and 4.30. Since the walking tour was three hours, we would not be able to do it. We briefly considered just grabbing the 12.30 train, which left in 20 minutes, but decided against that since we hadn't really seen any of Berlin yet. The map that MK had from the Amstel House outlined where the Berlin Wall used to stand, so we opted to go and check that out. There's really no indication of where the wall once was, other than occasional memorials to people who died slash were killed in an attempt to cross it. We did see a bunch of beautiful old buildings whose histories usually describe them as the town mansion of a wealthy banker, jeweler, government official, prince, etc. Most of them were taken over by the, Prus by the Prussian government, and then were used for Hitler's cronies during the war. One then became a student res, one was the Russian embassy, and one was torn down. After walking, around, ugh, sorry. After walking around and along the river for a couple of hours, we returned to the train station, falafel diners along the way, and I found an English book. We retrieved our bags and waited for an hour to get on the train to Warsaw. MK had heard from his friend, and she's away for the weekend, so we hoped to meet up with her after a couple of nights in Warsaw. Also, there was a guy in our room, Daniel, from Montreal, who's apparently on the 12th month of a 13-month trip. Unfortunately, we didn't really get a chance to talk to him, but merely saw him in the morning as we were checking out. So we hopped on the six-hour train, and off we jetted to Warsaw. The ride was really nice, light for most of it, so you could see the scenery and whatnot. It's amazing to note how much poorer it was than Belgium or the Netherlands. A lot more little shanty towns with tin roofs and piled wood everywhere. We got pretty bored by about hour four, so we began playing hangman and then word association. There was some confusion when we got off the train. The train stopped and I hadn't seen any signs, so I asked MK where we were. He said Warsaw, so we grabbed our packs and jumped off the train. But then we didn't see any signs telling us it was indeed Warsaw, so we were worried about getting stuck in some random town in Poland. We got back on the train, found someone who worked on the train, and confirmed with him that yes, we were in Warsaw. Phew. The train station is basically a big jungle of shapes in a dingy underground, oh sorry, jungle of shops in a dingy underground mall type setting. Of course, they're not on the euro here, the euro here, so we had to get some money out. The first bankomat we found was fucked, 
and kept telling us that we had pushed cancel while entering the pin, though we had not yet tried to enter a pin. We found another, and that one worked. We had no idea how much a Polish PLN was worth or what it would buy, so I took out a hundred. It's <laughs> just like, I don't know, hope this is good. Then we found an internet place, luckily 24 hours since it was nearly 11 by the time we got there, and searched to find a hostel. We found one called Hostel Helvetica, about a half hour walk from the train station. We booked bunk beds in an eight person dorm for the first night, but pre-booked a private dorm for tomorrow night. It's been too long since we've had alone time, if you catch my drift. Ugh. After dropping our bags in our room, we wandered and found a place to sit and have a couple of beers. It seems as though I'm getting to be a lightweight, MK2, because after two pints of Warka, we were a little giggly and I had developed a case of the hiccups. We also stopped at a convenience store on our way back to get a few beers. The woman didn't speak English, so when MK requested the beers, she just let him behind the counter to pick them out himself. <laughs> one of the four we opened on the way back, one of the four we opened on the way back to the hostel and finished once we were in the room and had met our, our latest roommates. There were two Polish girls, one whose name I forget, and the other named Kasia, and one fellow from Switzerland named Roger. All three spoke English fairly well, so we chatted for some time with them. The girls went to shower, they'd been out dancing, and MK and I continued to talk to Roger about all the problems in the world. From peak oil to fat and lazy Americans, to why nobody has assassinated George W. Bush yet. That's very, very classic MK. Then we all went to bed, calling out goodnight in the dark, like a grade five sleepover. September 12th. We woke up too late for breakfast. We snagged the last bun and split it with strawberry jam. Then we took our bags from the eight-person dorm and moved them to our new snazzy private dorm. After a much-desired romp, ugh, we showered and headed out a-wandering. The main square that we luckily stumbled upon was ridiculously busy and full of people. We found out that there was some sort of walk for something being held, so the amount of people was huge. We noticed that many people were carrying around a certain red flower with a long, thin stem. I think they were fake, as I noticed a few people had twisted the stems onto things, like twist ties. After some time, we came across the source of all these flowers, a huge raised platform with thousands of little holes through which poked these flowers. There were several people on the platforms, gathering the flowers and handing them to people. The side of the platform said flowers by someone, so I think it was some kind of interactive performance art piece. Since we're in Poland, I figured we had to get some pierogies. So we stopped at a cafe in the main square. You get eight pieces for about 21 PLN, and you could mix the flavors. I got four spinach and four cottage cheese, mushroom, and onion. Quite tasty, but a little greasy and not very warm. I considered asking for sour cream, but figured I'd be shot or something for the way we Canadians bastardize the culture. <laughs> After our pierogi lunch, we continued our walk through some gorgeous red brick ruins. We saw about five or six weddings along the way. At one point, we heard some music in the distance, so we decided to follow our ears and find out what it was. We came across a big to-do in a park with a stage set up for live music, as well as several blow-up bouncy castles, slides, and games for kids. The band, that was, the band was performing some poppy Polish tunes, but for their encore, they, they butchered Twist and Shout. It was the worst rendition I've ever heard, but that made it hilarious. Once they were finished, we meandered through the park to see a few more 
sites. There was a smaller stage at which pre-recorded music was pumping out and several children were dancing on the stage. An old Christina Aguilera song was on and the kids were really grooving to it, especially one little boy with a bike helmet and gloves. We exited the park and met back up with the ruins and continued our walk. We saw another wedding procession, this one being tailed by a bunch of tough-looking bikers. The Hells Angels demeanor was shattered for me by the fact that one of them was blaring Viva Forever by the Spice Girls from his motorcycle. (laughs) We returned to the Hostel Helvetica, and I read a little bit while MK worked out. (laughs) Sit-ups, push-ups, and curls using his bag. MK then went to the common room where there was a guitar, and I tried unsuccessfully to nap for about half an hour before joining MK in the common room. We chatted for a bit with some guys who had just come from Krakow. They recommended a hostel to stay at, although we had already booked another one, but their, decision seemed, but their decision seemed largely based on the fact that for a certain sum of money, forget how much, you get all the vodka shots you can take in two hours. They told us about a big Scottish guy who was, that was there who beat the record by doing 41 shots. Oh, fuck. Yuck. Jeez, I would certainly die. That's an incredible feat. MK and I then went to find somewhere to buy food for dinner. This hostel has a kitchen with a hot plate, so we were set on a hot meal. We found a tiny convenience store that supplied us with some pasta, a can of corn, peas, and peppers, and what turned out to be tomato paste instead of tomato sauce. We got back to the hostel, made and ate dinner, and then got ready to head out to find a couple of beers. By this time, we'd missed the snowball fight and giant tanning booth? Snowball fight and giant tanning booth that apparently were set up as part of the walkathon as an anti-winter demonstration. <laughs> we walked along the same street as we had last night, the one blocked off to vehicles so that the youth can ramble the streets freely along the bar and restaurant filled promenade. We sat on a patio of a place that promised to be a beer hall. We were, I ordered a beer and the waiter asked if I wanted small or large. Everywhere we had been so far, it offered 0.3 liter and 0.5 liter drinks, so I assumed this is what he was referring to. I requested the large, since the half liter is about the equivalent to a pint. However, unbeknownst to us, the large at this particular establishment referred to an entire liter of beer. Fucking A. They came in huge steins about the size of my head that I needed two hands to lift. I got a pretty great picture of MK looking as though his... He's about to burst with happiness, with a giant stein in each hand. While we were sitting there, two girls and a guy began setting up on the street right next to us. They started the music and gave a spectacular 10-minute fire poi demonstration. It was incredible to watch, and was especially neat to see them light their poi off of the other persons as they prepared, prepared to do their turn. There was some overlap in acts, where they would interact with each other, spinning their poi at the other person, or hugging and spinning behind each other's backs. MK got quite a lot of it on film. After finishing, they walked around with a tin collecting tips, which we were all too happy to give. Anyone who puts that much effort into a busking performance deserves a reward for their hard work. We finished our leader beers and headed back to the hostel for sleep. I think a dazzling fire poi performance is a good time to stop this episode. <laughs>